I am a husband, a father, a writer. I spend a lot of my time doing one of those three things. I really enjoy writing. I really enjoy sharing stories, having good conversations. So I'm excited for this conversation. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Words with That One Lady. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. And today, I am excited to have a guest in the house, my one and only very good friend, Mr. Toby Nefesi. Um, Okay. Hi, Toby. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Him? Hi, Rose. Um, I like that you call me Mr. Toby Nefesi. <laughs> I don't hear that very often. You just call me Toby. Um, but no, I'm, right. I'm happy to be on the show. Um I am a husband, a father, a writer. I spend a lot of my time doing one of those three things. So that's how I describe myself. Um, and I really enjoy writing. I really enjoy sharing stories, having good conversations. So I'm excited for this conversation. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are excited to have you. I really am you, myself, and I. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so guys, today we're going to be talking about self-care comparison. We've been talking about this over and over again for a little bit now. And um, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation with me is because I think we've had several conversations in the past. And um, I feel like this is going to be a good avenue to share from his own perspective how he feels about this. And for me, I feel like Toby has a very, very dynamic type of life and dynamic kind of career. And I, it sometimes I always want to know, do you feel like, you exactly like this is i, I want to believe this was exactly what you wanted to do everything you're doing right now is exactly what i wanted to do right i mean yeah i wanted to i always wanted to be a writer but i never mm-hmm. kind of thought of it as something that was possible like long long for the longest time growing up i didn't think it was like an actual profession um or so i was told so yes it's what i wanted to do maybe not in the exact way i thought i would do it um but it's, it's it's moving in the right direction. So my question now will be, did you do, did you ever feel like, no, you're not doing enough or you could do better in comparison to your peers? Or do you ever feel like that? I've felt like that a lot of times, like obviously in different environments and in different capacities, like maybe in school, I definitely felt like, oh, maybe I need to like catch up to some other people who are doing better. Uh, when it comes to career, I felt like some people, you know, they moved at a faster rate while I was moving at a slower pace. Um, and I think I've also felt like, you know, maybe uh, I need to pivot. I need to try different aspects of writing to actually like, get closer to where I need to get to because I'm just watching other people in other other um yeah other writing careers and watching them get to their goals faster than I than I was. So I definitely felt like that. I feel like that's a normal feeling. Like if I'm being honest, I feel like Is it is it though is it really normal? And why is it not I won't believe that now we just normalize it. Cause I feel like we're always looking at other people. Like we spend a lot yeah. of our time just looking at what other people are doing, like whether it's on social media, whether it's in the boxes that we find ourselves in, like our friendship circles. Mm. We spend a lot of time just like observing, 
maybe okay, maybe maybe I should speak to myself. I feel like I spend a lot of time observing what people are doing. And at some point I had to like switch that around and spend more time paying attention to what I'm doing. Um mm. well I think human the way human beings are normally, the way human interactions happen, we are always like looking and always paying attention to something else like and so you're always taking in some kind of information and that kind of comes that that information reprocesses in some ways and kind of think about people in a certain way and like and then we naturally just compare ourselves to that information arriving about other people so yeah agreed but like instead of in my brain when i think about what you just said about collecting information on a daily mm-hmm. basis because of the human beings or individuals around us who collect information why not use that information it's just me being inclusive about the human brain why not use that information to maybe try to plan your own path and not say oh why can't i get there already or why can't be why why can't i be there already yeah Instead of using it to plan our own path, instead of oh that person did this to get here, okay, I'm gonna do this to get here, but rather we then begin to compare ourselves and begin to do the oh I wish I was there already, oh my god, look at this person's already there already, like it's it's very interesting how our brain works. It is, it is, and I don't know if if it's just that naturally we like to look forward to things, human beings, like we like to have like an end goal everything everything you know mm-hmm. if, if we wake up in the morning we are hungry we need to eat so we're looking forward to the food um or we're mm-hmm. looking forward to an activity that day if we mm-hmm. you know if you're told to go to school they were thinking about graduation we want to get to the graduation days at some point it's just mm-hmm. always like an mm-hmm. end goal and so we are always looking for the new end goal or the new thing to push for and then if we see that thing in someone else I think naturally we just gravitate towards is that okay, that's what I need to get to. I need to get to that thing. Agreed. So I don't know, maybe that is, you know, I need probably need to get a neuroscientist to join this conversation. <laughs> but I don't know, maybe that's how our mind works. We just need to have something to work towards. And if we see that thing in someone else, we just naturally just gravitate towards that instead of like focusing yeah. on what we really want. Exactly. So in that line, when you begin to think about things in that way, what's your what's your next line of action? Like, what do you do to make sure that you don't over? Because this kind of things can overwhelm you. It can put you in a spot where you begin to ask yourself, okay, or I don't want to say overwhelm. Like you begin to get confused. You confuse yourself with all this information. You get this. You get this. You get this. But you have your own goal. You have what you want to do. Then these things begin to put you in a space that are not like sometimes might be detrimental to your mental health or to your life career or your life goals. So, what do you do in that regard when you begin to find yourself comparing or begin to you know get all like you said these informations you collect them and begin to personalize it? What do you do in that regard? What do you do personally? So I'll use an example, and this example has nothing to do with careers. Um, it has more to do with physical okay. attributes. I feel like yeah. when I was trying by the year, this was I was probably like ten. When I was ten, I I I think I just learned about you know how they talk about like genetic traits um, in like yeah. biology or whatever the science classes were in junior secondary school. 
talk about genetic mm-hmm. traits and it kind of lets you know that, you know, if your parents are tall, you're like begin to be tall. And you have that like mm-hmm. that calculation that you do big Gen- you know, big yeah. T, small T, yeah. all those things. Yeah. So I think I just learned about it in school for the first time. And I'm like, oh shoot, I need to calculate what mine would be. And my dad is like was average height, so he's big T, small T. My mom is really short. She's small T, small T. So I did the calculation. Yeah. Like, there's a one in four chances that you know, one of us, the kids would be average. The rest of us would likely be shorter. So I wasn't sure. Which, there are three of us in my family, three children. So I wasn't sure which one I would be. But then I didn't want to be the smarty, smarty. And then I looked at my peers. I'm like, huh, this makes sense. Some of them are taller than me. I was like 10 or something or nine. So I started eating a lot of beans. I started like doing <laughs> stretching exercises in the morning. <laughs> Oh I'm doing God. all of those things because I'm like, now nah, I need to like make sure that, you know, I, I, I become the big T small T. And then I think maybe after six months, I'm like, I realized that, you know, this is, this is pointless. Like I'm probably, <laughs> I've probably already, you know, been, you know, whatever I'm going to be has probably been determined. You, I've been assigned yeah, to so you. Exactly. <laughs> whatever I try to do, this is who I am. So I just need to like go ahead and taste and just like let it happen. No. I'm crying. I'm I'm five foot seven today. Well, so definitely okay. I'm not tall. My dad was still taller than me, so I'm probably smarty, smarty. But I guess my point is that <laughs> no matter what I tried to do back then, like who I am is who I am. And even if I was looking at my peers, I'm like, oh my God, I think these guys are on the way to becoming big T, big T's, and I don't want to be too far behind. I had to come to realization at that age that no, 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 like. I am who I am and I need to accept that and I need to like flourish within that, like it's not a disadvantage. Yeah. So I feel like it's the same thing when it comes to careers or when it comes to like, you know, life. Right. Like when you see people become certain things or when you see people on this track to become certain things, I'm kind of looking at ourselves like I need to get there. I think the right thing to do, you know, which is not always easy, is to just reverse our perspective and be like no, this is who they are. This is who I am. You know, I have my own path and I just need to like figure out that, that path that I'm on and be my best at it, you know, push it as far as I can take it. And, you know, if I'm successful, great. If I end up being average, at least I tried my best, you know. But I feel like the more we kind of know ourselves, the the better it would be for us, like as we move forward, as we grow in whatever it is that we're doing. Yeah. Um, so that that's yeah. the perspective I try to take when I catch myself comparing comparing myself with, with someone else. What do you do? And for me, I when it comes to my comparisons, um, I always bring myself back to what exactly got you to this comparison spot in the first mm. place. Why? Like, it's it's always like the why, and the reason why I do the why. Is because sometimes we we do this like you just mentioned and tell myself that no that like you are who you are you already have a destination you know what you're headed to and you have to stick to that but sometimes we always would come back to you know that comparison over and over again except we tell ask ourselves to put support that question which is why did you get to the comparison place in the first place. 
how did you get there what drove you there did you think you're not doing well yet at what you're doing do you think you're failing at some things that's why you're doing this comparison do you feel like there's some things you want to you know do better at that's how you got to this comparison then work on those things so that if you see someone else tomorrow again that is doing great you will not compare yourself because you know that oh no i'm on a path i'm on a trajectory there's something else i'm headed to so i'm happy and glad for them that they're doing great but we have a destination so keep to it rose and um me for me i just the reason one of the biggest reasons why i'm having this conversation i've been going over it in the chariots because i grew up in a home where as much as self-love and all that was preached there's a little bit of comparison with others you know that kind of thing where in the african home everybody say uh do you have two heads people that had the hundred of a hundred did you have two heads when you have 95 or something or uh, like, can't you see that person is doing well, is doing this? Can't you do well? Why can't you be like them? And it always put me in this very annoying. And I used to get angry. My mom will never forget that because till today we still talk about it. And I'm like, do you know how much I hated how you compared me with people? And she's like, yeah, I get it, but it was to spur you on. And I'm like, I get that it was to spur me on, but it just puts me in a, you're not doing well, you're yeah. not doing well. I don't see that spur you on in the first place. So. I'd rather that I fix whatever it is that got me to that place where I feel like I need to do something so that I don't always, because I feel like sometimes we're quick to say, yes, well, okay, remember where we are, that, that, but it's like fixing the root cause of the problem first so that we don't always go back, you know, on that, like your comparison spot, which is one of my, you know, it's still, it's still a nemesis that we're still working on a little bit because no matter how you want to work on it and say, okay, I'm going to change this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to work on the root cause out of that. Sometimes you find yourself in the same spot. You mentioned, but bringing the conversation a little bit backwards, you mentioned so much about something about knowing yourself. And we say this a lot, yeah. you know, in our day to day. We say it like, know who you are, know who mm-hmm. you are. How in the world do you even know who you are? Yeah, no, I definitely don't, don't have the answer to that question, but I can try. <laughs> um, because I feel like it's a continuous process. Um, yes. So I'm a Christian, and in the Bible, it talks a lot about, like, like New Testament a lot. Talks, it actually can boil it down to one thing, um, building yeah. a relationship with Jesus or getting to know Jesus, getting yeah. to know God. And the Bible frames it a lot as, like, a continuous process, but a lot of Christians kind of think of it as, like, you know, once I give my life to Christ, I have this relationship with you. Oh, I know he like, is like whatever it's my father, whatever you want to describe it. But that relationship is actually very continuous and the Bible actually talks about that in a few places. And I think when Christians realize that their perspective to Christianity changes, they realize okay, this is a journey. Like I need to keep reading my Bible, I need to keep praying, I need to keep keep meditating, or whatever. Um and I feel like it's the same thing when it comes to ourselves. I feel like it's a continued process. I don't feel like we will ever know ourselves fully. Maybe on our deathbed, we realize, oh, this is who I really was. You know? Oh, yeah. So I think it's a continuous yeah. process because we are, we evolve. Human beings, we evolve naturally. That's, that's how we are built. So, you know, our feelings change, our knowledge changes, our tendencies changes, like, you know, we mature. And so we just need to, you know, we need to, I think we need to, spend time, you know, even if it's like 30 minutes a day, being by ourselves, like taking in, you know, the things that we do on a daily basis, you know, 
You know, so people do this by journaling. They would you know, journal, what did I do yesterday? How do I feel? You know, what did I like about XYZ? What did I like about XYZ? How did that make me feel? How did that, what kind of thought process did I have to go through to get to certain place? Some people do that by journaling. Some people do that by meditating. Some people do that by praying. Some people do that by writing. Um, and I think all of those things, you know, even working out sometimes, if you're just working out, you've been in a state where, like, you know, you're by yourself, you know, you're just like thinking about like different things. And I think that kind of brings you back to your, brings you back to center, which is like a yoga term, brings, brings you back to yeah. center and it just kind of helps you capturing the moment, you know, who you are, you know, how you're feeling and how, and what's going on in your mind. I think those things, doing those things on a daily basis continuously, I think it can help us like, you know, get a better sense of who we are. But it's definitely a continuous process. Um, it's something that we have to be intentional about. And actually very, very true to just as you mentioned, I feel like um getting to know yourself is something that will preach a lot in a very wonderful way. But we forget to tell people the process of actually getting to know themselves. And you I think the most important trick or the most important way of knowing yourself is actually by spending time with yourself because if you want to get even like let's bring it down to the mundane things if you want to get to know somebody like you want to get into a relationship with somebody what do you do spend time spend time yeah. with the person go on dates and all those things to get to know like the little things about that same thing goes for ourselves like how often do you take time to take records of the things you know you enjoy how often do you get time to understand the trajectory of your life and it's not rocket science i know it sounds very complicated, but, you know, take, take a stock. Like you said, journaling, yoga, all those things. And just think back and ask yourself, so what do I like to do? How do I enjoy doing this? So when do I enjoy doing that? Or what makes me happy? Or yesterday when I went out, was that an interesting outing? Or was it done a very frustrating one? Okay, I don't think I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this. And it's important because when we get to know ourselves and we get to know what we like, what we don't like, where we like to be, it helps us to be able to teach, maybe not teach people, but tell people, you know, when when we meet them that this is how I like things and this is how I don't like things or this is what I prefer, this is what I don't prefer. And it also helps you to know yourself to the extent that when you begin to see other people doing great or doing things that you would like to do, it's either you analyze in your head and ask yourself, this thing that people are doing that I like, is this something that after knowing myself, I'm capable of doing or am I doing too much by aspiring to do what someone else is doing and just, you know, do my own thing? Because in the world we live today, so many people are doing things just like their mm. friends or doing things just like the next person beside them. And they find out like years later that, oh, I don't like any of these things. Was I just doing it because of people yeah. around me? And that's where that pair, fair, like health pair comparison comes in because it's like you've been lost in this loop of doing things like every other person because you saw it as good without understanding you from your own perspective to see if that's what you want to do as well or not. But do you think the society puts so much pressure on us that pushes us into the comparison? I mean, definitely, I think there's an element of comparison that is driven by, you know, societal, societal norms, driven by the fact that we live in communities. Um, again, this is why, to an extent, I feel like comparison is an even element because like is it possible to never compare yourself when you're literally beside people every day 
Like when you, you can see mm. what they're doing uh, or when you're told that this is the process for doing things and these are the boxes you have to check to be, you know, a good standing citizen or, you know, a representative mm. of a community or something. So, you know, you, you're likely to always like have a standard they are trying to get towards, you know, just being in a community. Like you talked about, you know, growing up and maybe you, your parents say, you know, the person who came first in class or second, whatever, like, did he have two heads? Like, that's, the, you know, that's the standards, you know. You have to get first without having the second head. And so you have to figure out how to do it, you know. Yeah, and, like, I I personally think they're, like, good and bad. Like, th- that can be positive. It also can be negative, you know, having that standard, yeah. you know, especially as kids. And this is a bit of psychology, but as kids, the reality is that we don't have, um, we don't have like a reference point just as you're growing up. So you need one. You need to be able to like, you need parents to tell you this is what is right. This is what is wrong. This is, this is the standard you need to get to. And these are the things you have to do to get to that standard. So sometimes when parents will tell you, this is what you need to do, right? You know, some parents, the way they would do it is they'll give you like a, they'll show you something. And so the parent telling you the person that came first, that's the standard. It's kind of their way of pushing you. But then I get the negative part because then you can like look down on yourself and think that you're not good enough. But I think as a community, we do that a lot. Like we do that with like creating standards and expecting people to get to the standard. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. for us individuals in the community, you know, they get to a certain point where we have to like determine what our own standards are. You know, and I think again, as kids, it's probably difficult. But as you get to a certain age, you know, as you mature, you have to like you know detach from that community standard, detach from the societal standard, and figure out what your own personal standards are, what are the things that you want to abide by and get to. Um, and so that in that way, we can kind of like you know. Do things that we are that are more aligned with who we are and what we want. Yeah. So just to be a bit yeah. of like dissociation at some point in our lives. I don't know what age that happens. Yeah. Maybe it's twenty five. Maybe Oof. you know after your first degree. I don't know when you're paying your, <laughs> when you're paying your bills I don't know when that exactly that's supposed to happen, but at some point it does happen. No, it does. I agree with you. Decision eventually happens, but it's just what I worry about is the amount of. That, I don't know if I want to call the word damage, but the amount of damage and self-deprecation that have happened with this societal standards that come around us all the time before someone then realizes. Yeah. And then I worry about the how do the person down, how do people actually then begin to retrace their steps to a space where they can then grow to be themselves or to create their own standards. Because it's, it's, it's not the easiest thing. So imagine that you've been abiding by some full standards for the longest yeah. time. And now you realize, oh my God, no, I need to set my own standards and all of this. And you built a whole beginning, like the formative years had been on all of the standards. Like, how do you now get through that spot? So I feel like this is good for me to learn as a parent okay. of, um, of a 19-month-old. Because... Mm. You know, my daughter is in a place where, like, she's coming to terms with the fact that she's a human being. She can see a reflection in the yes. mirror and she's like, oh, that's, that's me. This is who I am. These are my abilities. 
And as a parent, um, I have to encourage her to, you know, do things within her abilities. I have to encourage her to, you know, to do what she wants to do, you know, instead of like discouraging her from like trying to, you know, maybe she wants to see if she can climb something. I have to kind of encourage her to see how far she can push herself in climbing it. And then she needs help. I help her get across the line. So there's a sense of independence that I have to imbibe in her, okay. right? And and I think that's something that, you know, culturally, where I'm from, where we are from, I don't think, you know, culturally, I don't think we're encouraged to be independent as much. Mm. We are more encouraged to be interdependent. We're encouraged to be, to like rely on, the people and the systems, the cultural systems around us to get by, you know, you know, you have to, True. you have to do certain things to, to be able to like, prove that you're really the son of the soil, you know, <laughs> so, you know, even down to your career path, like you have to be certain professions to really be like a serious, to be on a serious career path, to be taken seriously. Cert. Right? So yeah. you have to really encourage to like find your own niche or find your own path, you know, and so yeah. I feel like for us, you know, our generations as we become parents, you know, now in the near future, I feel like we have to reassess the way we were brought up, understand that the sense of ind- independence that we need, that we needed, but we didn't have. And yeah. so I think if we encourage that in people earlier on, encourage them to like do things within their own abilities, find what they like, and encourage them to actually pursue it. And if they fail, they fail. I they fail and they fail early, the better for them to figure it out. Yes. You know? Yes. But I think that's that's what probably is needed to you know, get to that place where people don't make too many mistakes before realizing what what's good for them. That's true. And just like you mentioned, um our parents not or in the in the in our, uh, the previous generation and the past generation not encouraging um the kids to you know do stuff make mistakes go yeah. there but rather they're looking at your future already before you're looking at it and begin to tell you that no this is the one that will make you great this is the one that will make you better than what you think you 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 think you would be but that brings us this question and um, for you personally did you ever get pushbacks from your parents about your profession your current profession oh of course yeah um i i never studied anything that has to do with writing or English. Um, I okay. was, I think from, I don't know what age, before secondary school, like I knew that um, I'm going to be a doctor. Like I knew that that was like my part, like it was already predetermined. It was one of... Did you go to pre-med school? I did pre-med, yeah. I even, I did my MCAT. Okay. I did everything yeah. except go to med school. <laughs> I, did, I did everything, right? I was my retail entry in med school. Um, I said I literally. Oh, the only thing I didn't do was was go to class. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, no. So it was kind of predetermined to an extent. Um, maybe based on certain traits or based on I don't know what I was told. That was the part I was supposed to be on. Um, but um, what I'll say is, you know, they that was the part that they set they put me on for. My mom specifically, because she writes, she she's written books, she's she oh, oh, wow. she she runs a school. Our dad was a principal as well, you know, and our dad wrote as was a writer as well. So like, 
she writes on the side. Like she, she doesn't see that like a main profession, but she does it. And so she knew that I liked to write from a young age. And so she would encourage it, although she wouldn't like encourage it to the full extent of it being a career. So when yeah. the pivot came and I said, no, I'm not going through with med school. I'm going to stick to writing career and figure it out. You know, they didn't initially understand, but I think little by little, my mom came around to it. I was like, you know what? Um, she doesn't like, she doesn't know how to work out, but you know, she knows that writing is definitely a skill and definitely something that could be helpful. It could be a career, maybe, you know, uh, my dad definitely took a while to understand it. And I don't think that my dad really came around until maybe when I published a book. And I think it was like, huh, oh, okay. Um, or maybe when I was, I like when I published a book or when like I was on national publications, like I was, I was writing articles for like McLean's magazine and stuff like that. So, okay. But yeah, but there was definitely pushback. And, you know, there are a lot of conversations. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think that's, is part of the course, you know, with a lot of our parents, they have to take some time to really gra- grapple with certain career paths. And, and of course, I, I, that's quite interesting to, that we deviated into a little bit because I know that our parents have like the things they have in their head about us and how they'll see us in the future and all that. With you, that, with that, you know, conversation with your parents happening and them trying to grapple what you were doing. How then did you sort forward to telling yourself, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. I do, this is me. You know, and I'm sure in that moment, they were like, ah, oh, really? This person's son. Didn't you see this person? They are doing this. Like, why do you want to do this? How then did you grapple with that reality and telling yourself, that, you know what, this is what I still want to do and I'm going forward with Funny it. enough, I have to give my parents credit for it. They never actually compared me with someone else. They always kind That's of compared great. me with the vision that they had or the <laughs> ah. yeah like the vision that they had or the you know the conversations that they had with me when i was like six or seven or eight i'm like i didn't even know what oh, I, okay. who I was at six um I, like i wasn't fully formed but so uh in terms of the conversations i had with them i think these conversations started like there were sorts of conversations like um, I, I was studying biology and I, while, while I studying biology, I would look for jobs on the side that had to do with writing. I would look for like opportunities to write. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I got one, I would tell them that I'm doing this on the side. I'll, I'll like keep them updated that this is what I'm doing. And so, um, when it got to the time to go to med school, I had a job. I'd gotten a job as, um, to write for a, for a, for a newspaper. The local newspaper. So, oh, wow. um, when I so when we had that conversation, like the really big conversation, it was more like, "Hey, see, you're either going to have to, either going to have to spend another seven years of like I don't know how much on this career, um, and I'm also probably going to have to like go through a lot of what we've gone through in the past few years, and." Or I can just start my career now and figure out like what its writing could look like. Um, so mm. those are some of the conversations I have. In. Like I add like you know what I can call receipts to show them. I see this is in the time that I've tried to like figure out this writing stuff. This is what I've been able to do. 
medicine might work out, but I don't know. You know, I told them I, I felt about my biology degree. Like just from the biology, I knew I, I couldn't continue with sciences. I wasn't interested at all. I told them what I felt like would happen if I keep going with this career path. So I kind of laid out all of those things to them. And then I left them to process it while I did what I was doing. Um, you know, and yeah, so I think that's what I did. I kind of showed them proof. I kind of did my best to be transparent, keep them updated. And yeah, and I let them decide or come to terms with it however they wanted to come to terms with it. Um, <laughs> no, I would say that you put in the work. You did put in the work because, um, you know, three books, domestic, the budgetary, and React. That's like amazing work that you did. So, oh, thank you. Yes, you were on the right path. And I'm, I'm glad that you did not, um, you, you kept up with the faith because I know a lot of people who were in your shoes or who are in your shoes and, you know, decide to please the parents. And it's almost like a very, very difficult thing to do because you begin to have this self doubt of, hmm. Do I really know what I'm doing? Is it is this okay enough, or am I pushing myself so I'm not supposed to be in? So like that self doubt is me. I don't know if you want to say like it's it's tricky. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's definitely tricky. And 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 with self doubt, like I feel like you just have to prove it to yourself. Like like the only way you can get rid of doubt is to is to try. Like you should actually like, okay. do the thing and see if you can actually do it. So. Again, in, incremental steps, like start small, like do something. Um, if there is a part you want to get into, maybe volunteer first in that in that area and see what that feels like and then test, test the waters and see. Uh, until you kind of push yourself, you don't really know what you're capable of, right? So, yeah, that, that's how I d- yeah, dealt with I that. Agree. That's amazing. Thank you so much. And uh, as I begin to wrap up this episode, the question I would like to ask you is, what would you give to someone or what would you say to someone that is you know they're in a mix of i'm not sure i know what i'm doing i see people doing amazing things i know where i want to go but it's it's just it's just this continuous confusion what would you tell them um you're right yeah you don't know what you want to do um it's confusing um there are lots of reasons why you know it looks like you know the people they are looking at probably have it figured out and you don't. All of those things may be true. But there is there is always a choice every time in life. Like my friend told yeah. me that like a couple years ago and I realized that's true in life. As long as you're breathing, there's always a choice. You can decide to yeah. stick to what you have or try to figure out what's on the other side. Um it's mm. always a choice. So, you know, you may be right. You know, other people might be figured out. They might be better than you do. Or you may be wrong. And you just have to, like, push yourself to and prove it to yourself that, you know, nah, you're not, you're not that good. I'm just as good. Um, I just have to, like, you know, work within my, within my abilities and, you know, see yeah. what I'm made of. So... That's what I would say to them, like, you know, I think a lot of things in in life generally is just boils down to trying and it boils down to failing and it boils down to trying again. Like it's it's yeah. simple formula. And uh, until we yeah. try it, like we don't really know. So Yes. 
I agree. Um, for me, I would always say do it afraid. Um, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it's sounding or seeming like, oh my God, I don't know, I'm confused. Do it afraid. Yeah. Just do it. And it's okay to fail. It's totally fine not to know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Phew. Exactly. Anyway, Toby, thank you so, so much for joining us on this podcast. Um, it's, it's a great time always conversing with you out of the numerous knowledges and wisdom that you uphold. <laughs> <laughs> um, guys, if you want to know more about Toby, go check him out at his website. At, I'm just going to read that out quickly. www.tobynifacy.com And he has three books, guys. Go check it out. Domestic, Depository, and React. My favorite still, Depository. Um, I don't know about that. I've not read two. Yes, it's still my favorite because I feel like I've not read the other ones, but I feel like they're better. But I'm like, Mm-mm, this is still my favorite <laughs> right now. So let me read the rest. But you guys should go check his book out. He's on Goodreads as well as to Benefesi, and he also has a podcast with his beautiful wife. How does this sound podcast? And you go check him out as well. And they have amazing conversations. If you want to know more about career and all that stuff, and um, great great conversations. I was on the podcast a while ago too. So yes, guys, go check. Yeah. It out. Thank you, thanks for you. having me and thanks for being on our, on our podcast as well um this is actually one of my favorite podcasts um just <laughs> putting it out there so you know if you're listening to this podcast you have good taste um i'm happy that you're here but i'm also happy to be part of the conversation today so thank you Rose. thank you so much for having me and guys till next time have a wonderful day bye now thank you thank you thank you for listening to today's episode of the podcast we hope you enjoyed it and if you did, do not forget to like, comment, and share this podcast with your friends, family, or anyone you think that would benefit from this episode of the podcast. Also, do not forget to rate the podcast on whatever podcast application you listen on. Please do that so that others can be able to see and find our podcast and enjoy what you're also enjoying. Did by any chance you have comments that you think you don't want to share in the comment session, go ahead and look in the description box and you'll find our email address and you can reach out to us. We would love, love, love to hear from you. Until next time, thank you for listening again and have yourself a wonderful, wonderful day.